it didn't make me feel good that I could not choose how I wanted to have my baby. If you're not feeling great about your pregnancy, if you feel that something is off, listen to your body first. I'm Dr. Lisa Fitzpatrick, founder of Grapevine Health and your host of the Grapevine Health Podcast, a podcast highlighting stories, health insights, and experiences of community members. We started this podcast because too often discussions and decision-making about health and the healthcare system don't include perspectives from the people we serve. So listeners, if you have a personal story or an experience from working in the community or on the front lines of healthcare, contact us and we might have you on the show. Right now, there's a national spotlight on poor maternal health outcomes for black mothers. Today, I'm talking to Ebony Kirby and Shanita Edwards, a pregnant woman and her doula, who tell us what they believe explains maternal health outcome disparities. So ladies, can you introduce yourself? First you, Ebony, and then you can introduce Shanita. And then Shanita, you can say a few things about yourself. Um, okay, well, I'm Ebony, I'm also known as Art Thyself. I'm a creative artist in the DC um, area, and but I'm also having a baby soon. But I also um, helped uh, small businesses um, as vendors. So when we did creative events, um, I was able to help organize the vendors and make sure they got a spot on the um, Martin Luther King Avenue. And so I met Shanita as a vendor. And uh, when I got pregnant, I called her and realized that she was studying to become midwife assistant as well as a doula, uh, a birth doula. So I was like, Shanita, would you be my doula? And she was like, I would love to be your doula. And from there, we've been great friends. Um, and we've been just kicking it ever since, getting ready for the birth of this baby. Of course, I've always stayed in touch with you, Dr. Lisa, because you're great. And we've always said we wanted to work together. And here we are. So. All right. Well, Shanita, introduce yourself, please. And please tell people what a doula is. What do you do? Yes. Well, my name is Shanita. I go by OABI, which is the name of my company. And it stands for Overcome Adversity and Become a Better You. And um, that is my company, which is OABI Nonprofit. And Abbey Natural Healing is my business where I provide products and services as well as doula services. So I am a prenatal birth and postpartum doula. And a doula, um, in a general sense, a birth doula is pretty much there for the emotional and um, physical support as much as possible for the mother because everyone is so expecting the baby and wants to know how the baby is doing, when the baby is coming, but a doula is there specifically for the mother's needs and to make sure that the mother gets through the birth effectively. And a postpartum doula is there to help um, prevent postpartum depression. And people really don't know the, the symptoms of postpartum depression and how it really can start or even be prevented. So um, as a postpartum doula, I provide support. So maternal health is really on the national radar. People are very concerned about this. People yes. are starting companies to focus on this. Uh, 
government officials, public health officials, health systems are all focusing on this as part of what they're doing to improve outcomes for mothers and babies, particularly for uh, mothers from underserved communities or low-income moms, moms on Medicaid. So my first question to you, Ebony, is why are we seeing such um, poor health outcomes for some Black mothers on Medicaid? What do you think is happening? Um, I think it has to do with trust. Um, I think it has to do with uh, the support that you may feel that you get from being in an underserved, low economic um, state. Um, me personally, I I'm on Medicaid but I've decided to opt out of using um, the Medicaid service when delivering my baby, only because um, when I was inquiring about the services that were available, they seemed very limited. By um, not having too many birth options, I wanted to have my baby in a birth center, and that was not, that was told to me that that was not allowed um, in the state of Maryland. Um, I would be able to see the doctor doing my prenatal care in the birth center, but I was not able to birth my baby in the birth center. I would have to then go on the campus of the hospital. I would have to have my baby in the hospital, in the hospital bed. Um, there was no option for me to have a water de birth delivery um, only because I guess uh, because of liability that it can, um, more liability it creates. Um, there wasn't even an option for me to be able to um, utilize the shower or the water at all. I even asked about having my own pool brought into the hospital so that I can, again, use this as a way to um, support, you know, my emotional my comfort levels while birthing. And again, I was told that that was not an option. So I felt limited in, in what I wanted to do, as well as because I felt limited, I just didn't feel as though uh, I was, uh, it didn't make me feel good that I could not choose how I wanted to have my baby. And it made me feel as though um, because I was on Medicaid, because I didn't have you know, private health, that this was just what I had to deal with. Like, no one wants to feel as though they doesn't, they don't have as many options as they, they, they would like. Um, I learned that other friends of mine who were in Washington, D.C., they had those options um, of water birth in the hospital. But because I was in the, utilizing the Medicaid in the state of Maryland, it just wasn't there. Um, also, when I would contact my insurance company about birth center options to try to see if, you know, there were, you know, other things that I can explore, I found out that one of the birth centers that they were offering were, was closed due to COVID. It had been open for so long, but COVID had um, obviously shut it down. Um, and then there was only one other option that I had, which was on the campus of the hospital. But again, I couldn't birth the baby at the birthing center. And the birthing center online is what really made me want to have the baby there as far as the, the amenities, the ambiance of the birth center. Um, but again, because I had Medicaid, it was not my, it was not an option for me. You said trust is 
one of the reasons we're seeing poor health outcomes for mothers on Medicaid. Tell me more about that. And you've talked about your experience getting healthcare as someone on Medicaid. Me personally, I just realized that when I, I've had private healthcare and I've had, and now I have Medicaid, but I realized that in my Medicaid compared to my private healthcare, um, I feel rushed. I feel rushed when I'm visiting the doctor. I feel as though once they learn, I feel as though, okay, my experience going to the doctor under Medicaid is you have all this paperwork to fill out. I'm quite sure everybody does in the beginning. Um, You have to fill out this big packet um, of paperwork um, once you get to the office. You spend more time filling out the paperwork than you do with the doctor. Then you get in the back, you see the doctor, they look over your paperwork, they see that you are a Medicaid uh, (laughs) uh, user, and then it's like, oh, you're Medicaid? Oh, okay. It's different, I would assume, from my experience. You just feel rushed, you feel like they know that you're Medicaid, so then now they're only limited to what they're going to say to you, what they're going to offer you. what they can do for you as far as follow-up. It's just like, uh, am I being judged? <laughs> you know what I mean? It's yeah. like, is this uh, the only experience I'm going to get because I have Medicaid? I felt I felt really judged having Medicaid. Oh, you have Medicaid? Oh, oh, because you're using this insurance provider, you're not, you can't have this. You can't get this. This is not open to you. This is not open to you. It's like, uh, okay. All right. So Shanita, same, same question for you. So you are someone who's supporting mothers through their pregnancy journey. And a lot of mothers choose not to have, or not to consistently show up for their prenatal care visits. This may or may not be related to these poor outcomes we're seeing, but what is your experience with this, and why do you think uh, we are seeing these health outcome, these poor health outcomes, and why mothers may not go for prenatal care? Well, my own personal experience, um, everything Ebony just stated is my why, and the lack of trust, the lack of um, prenatal visits, even for myself. I felt like I didn't have an option. I felt like this was the doctor that I had to choose because he was the only doctor that was available at my center. At that time was the only place I can go to, Unity Care. Um, The Unity building on this street was the only place I can go. So because he was the only OB doctor in that building, he was the one I was stuck with. So I I felt like I didn't have a choice and he was very evil. He was mean. I felt like I wanted to cry after every appointment. Even when I went into labor, um, I went for a regular checkup. I went into preterm labor and I went for a regular checkup and he was like, you're dilated two centimeters. You know, this is my first child. I don't know what contractions feel like. And he's like, you're dilated two centimeters. You don't know. You've been having contractions. You need to go straight to the doctor. Don't go nowhere else. Go straight to the doctor. I mean, go straight to the hospital, labor and delivery. And I'm like, well, okay, are you going to be the doctor? No, I'm not going to be there. I'm, I'm here. I'm here. So it was this whole dismissive. I'm just the number. Um, I didn't matter. Like she said, you feel rushed. He was like, he told me I was in labor, but I got no care for that. He was like, now go. Um, here it is. I'm like, I have to leave and drive in a car in labor. So this is my first child. I'm, all of this is going on. But all of that to say, my own personal experience um, is the reason I will probably answer 
the statistics that we're seeing with people not going to their pre prenatal appointments. Um, most women that I have been with, my last couple of clients have not gone to any prenatal appointments. Um, Why not? Have not even because they don't want the intimidation of a doctor going to them and just saying this is wrong. Or, you know, I've seen both sides of the fence. I've seen women who've gone their whole pregnancy with um, having preterm, I mean, having prenatal care and having to get all these checks and tests and a sonogram every time. And, oh, something may be wrong or this may be wrong or this is wrong. And, oh, you're high risk. And let's plan a C-section. And it's, it's all of these things that come into play when you're dealing with appointments with prenatal because they all have an agenda and that agenda is a c-section let's look at those numbers and let's look at how much they get paid off of cutting you so women can have a perfectly perfectly planned out even going to prenatal appointments they can have a perfect pregnancy they get to labor and delivery and they're now suggested to get a c-section for what you know like because of the intent because we're saying so because they're making you feel like you have no other choice and a doula, even though they can't give any medical support, even in a hospital setting, a doula can remind the mother of her power, of her voice, of her medical rights, of everything that she wants to happen to whatever limits that this hospital is going to allow it. You have your rights here in, this, in, in your birth um, because I felt like I didn't have a right. My water broke that um, that day I went to the hospital. I had to get two, two shots. And my water ended up breaking two days after that. And I was in labor for 14 days. Active labor for 14, 14 days. days. Which is unheard of today. Did you say 14 yes, days? How are you paid? Does insurance pay you? Ins one insurance company has, um, I think, approved to, to pay doulas. Um, and that's AmeriHealth. Now, this is what I've heard. I have not been paid been paid through any insurance. I have barely been paid for any birth that I've been a part of, which is why I started my nonprofit because I'm richly blessed. I'm provided for in other ways, but I don't work a nine to five and I have to be able to provide for myself and my son, but I'm not paid in any form from insurances. So that is something that I would even like to make normalize, like normalize doulas being paid through insurance. If that is an option for women, um, have a pool of doulas available in her area that she can choose from, that she can interview, like put the power back in her hand. Currently, I'm 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 paying um, for because I'm not using my Medicaid and my Medicaid does not pay my doula or my midwife. Um, I'm you I'm paying out of pocket, but at the same time, there's um. Uh, there are plans that you can set up, payment plans that you can set up with your doula and your midwife. Uh, Shanita and I have decided to do a, a gender game where I do not know the gender of my baby and I will not know until birth. But people are able who are there to support Shanita and I are able to bet on the gender um, that it will be. Um, at the time of birth. And this helped raise funds to pay um, my doula as well as my midwife. Um, and so the more bets that there are on the baby's gender, um, the more money that is raised and there's an option for um, a winner at the end of it all. So we come, we've come up with, you know, creative ways to raise monies 
and so that women like myself can be supported and paying for these services and these options of their choice. Shanita, I've spoken to um, doctors about this. I've done quite a bit of um, work looking at this with doctors and with um, moms who've had babies uh, with poor mm -hmm. outcome. And what I hear from the doctors are things like, um, well, if someone, if we think someone is high risk, it's safer and more controlled to do a C-section because so many things can go wrong. And then I've also heard one of the reasons mothers are having these poor health outcomes is because they have undiagnosed chronic health conditions like high blood pressure and diabetes that are only discovered when they present either close to delivery or somewhere in the middle of their pregnancy. So how do you respond to that? Is that your experience? That hasn't been my personal experience. And um, I think for me, I'm in a place spiritually where I attract mothers and I attract women who are in a mind space of um, holistic healing um, or natural ways of healing themselves. Um, their lifestyle is such of not having diabetes and high blood pressure and they don't go to doctors. They, they, they maintain their health by what they eat, their own nutrients, their own minerals, their own supplements. And that is the clientele that I have been drawn to um, in my practice, but that hasn't been my experience, but how I will respond to that is I feel that when women are dependent on um, the medical system, and this is my own personal experience from even with labor and delivery to uh, my own undiagnosed issues with Western medicine. Um, I feel that is, it is a, um, a lack of education between the two. It's like, doctors want to say, I know this, so I'm telling you what I know, but they're not communicating why they why they know it. So it's like, okay, well, if I don't understand it, then I don't want no parts of it. You know, I don't want to have anything to do with it. So when it comes to those women that have these ailments, such as high blood pressure or diabetes, or that can suffer from hyper, um, um, preeclampsia during delivery and things like that, they already know that they're already in there with their doctors. They already know they're high risk going into pregnancies. I'm not looking for them to have a home birth. They know they need to be monitored during delivery, but it is also in another sense, they need to know what their, what their rights are when it comes to the C-section, because it's not always the safest and controlled route. It's, it's the convenient route. It's the route that makes most money. It's, it makes most sense to them. But after the C-section, all of what it causes um, women, the ailments from the C-section, the, the fibroids, the scar tissue, all of the things that it creates now. And once you have one, they say you cannot even have a vaginal birth after that. They now make it so that you can only have C-sections after you've had one C-section. Last question I have for both of you, and we'll start with you, Shanita, is, you know, as a doula, a provider, if you had one suggestion for the healthcare system, whether it's doctors or insurance companies, uh, CEOs who are making decisions about healthcare, uh, what advice would you give the health system to improve health outcomes for moms who are on Medicaid or from underserved communities? My advice would be to um, overload them with their options. Like Ebony said, the more options you 
have, the better you feel, the more comfortable you feel. Let them know that the many options they have even to give delivery, to provide more options, provide more natural ways of delivery, give them their options and then allow them to explore those options. So if they do have an option to have a home birth, allow them to be supported in that home birth, not to be penalized in any type of way that they want to deliver their baby. Just allow them, women to take their birth power back. That's That would be yeah. my advice. And every however that looks for them, you know, just allowing women to take their birth power back. Yeah. And Ebony, what is your, your single piece of advice for the health system? You talked a lot about trust. So uh, what can we do to improve health outcomes for Medicaid moms? I would say to be just as well as you're educated in your uh, Western medical field, be health, I mean, educated and give more information about um, healthy alternative preventative care as well. I don't think everyone should be uh, automatically diagnosed to, um, you know, prescriptions, you know, some things depending on your state of health, how far along are you are in any type of disease you might have, alternative options are available, especially through nutrition and food. You know, things can change. You can change your body utilizing nutrition and food. So if you speak about these things when I visit you as a doctor, I feel like you're with me, like you're on my team. Like I need my doctor to talk, start talking about nutritional health and food because then I know that okay, she's open or he's open to alternative wellness. Like, I love that holistic care. Um, and on a need ba- on a needy basis, just, you know, speak on both sides of alternative, uh, alternative health um, care, but also what might, you know, because some people do need medication. So it's just about being flexible in your knowledge, being flexible in your education, and us having a um, conversation that we feel both supported in. Excellent. Well, thank you both. This has been incredible. I would love to have you back and even invite more mothers, uh, maybe yes. a few who um, recently had a baby. So thank you so much. Yes. Thank, thank you, Dr. That was Ebony and Shanita helping us understand what it will take to improve maternal health outcomes for Black mothers. Thanks for listening to the Grapevine Health Podcast. Our producer is Nicholas Elias. Please like us on social media. You can find us at Grapevine Health on YouTube, Facebook, and Instagram, and on Twitter at Health Grapevine. Until next time, I'm Dr. Lisa, signing off.